were there for six years. Still haven't got one, Punya, but one of these days I'm going to trade you a cowboy hat for this, I guess. But uh, these are sure colorful, and this is just one of the the many styles and colors that they have over there. And it's a delight for me to be able to introduce to you uh, a dear, dear friend of mine. I had the privilege six years ago this spring of going to Nigeria as a bookseller to look at the situation over there and to see what God was doing and what we could do to come alongside uh, the church in Nigeria and help them. And, uh, of course, my job was to go over there and see if there were any books on the shelves, which we found there weren't. So we had the privilege of, in the last six years, of shipping over a million and a half books to Nigeria to help them in the uh, gospel outreach and the training of, of people in their schools. And what we found there was, I think, to me, the best-kept secret in the world. Because when I got there, there were over 1,500 churches over 600 missionaries serving in this group called EQUA, EQUA, uh, and, uh, which is the Evangelical Churches of West Africa. EQUA is the outgrowth, the indigenous church that grew out of the Sudan interior mission work of Nigeria. And in 1971, I believe, was the date that the SIM turned that responsibility over to men like Punya and others who God had raised up into leadership and gave them the responsibility of carrying on then the church work. And today that church has grown to over 2,400 churches and they support over 700 missionaries. That's not only to their own country, but many tribal peoples in, in Nigeria alone, but also to the surrounding nations like uh, Niger and uh, Cameroons and Benin. And so God is using this church. Now, the dear friend that has come today with me from to be here with us and to share what God has laid on his heart and challenge us to be involved is the president of EQUA in Nigeria. Panya has been the general director and will continue to serve in that capacity of the Evangelical Missionary Society of Equa. But uh, this spring, his uh, people have elected him to the presidency of this great group of godly people that God is using in that country. And so I, we're just really privileged to have him here, to have him share with us, and to let us know that though we sing these hymns in English, they're singing the same hymn in Hausa or Yoruba or Igbo over in Nigeria. Panya, come and share with us God's message. You'll be able to hear now. <laughs> um, it's really a privilege. But as I'm here, I'm also carrying many greetings from Nigeria for all of you, especially my wife and family, the children that God has given us. When I left, they sent their greetings to you all. Furthermore, I would like to express my gratitude to God that through his grace and love, he saved me. I always claim this verse 
in Second Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10 where Paul said what I am I am by the grace of God it's really a miracle how God saved me and made me one of his children since Jesus came into my heart and I gave my heart to him Fill me with his peace. The more I yield myself to him, the more happiness and peace in, uh, maintains my heart. And I thank him for that. I found there's nothing so joyful as to serve the Lord. By his grace, God has given us opportunity and my wife to be involved in the great ministry of the gospel, as you have been told by Brother Harden. Since the past 18 years, we've been working together with our co-workers in this Evangelical Missionary Society of Equa, whereby we are sending missionaries to penetrate with the gospel among the unreached people. This mission society began in 1948 by sending just two couples to the far north of Nigeria to evangelize uh, fellow Hausa Muslims and do some uh, church planting. But we thank God for the work has been growing as we have heard that we are having 776 Nigerian missionaries today that have received the call of God and been sent sharing the gospel in many places. One thing also that we have been experienced with is the power of the gospel. We have so practical things that we could say as the children of Israelites when returning back from the captive. In Psalm 126 verse 3 says, The Lord has done good things for us and therefore we are glad. God is still doing good things performing miracles. To me, there is no any miracle as soon as the sinners are being saved. The wanderers are brought back home and the lost are found. There is nothing that gives joy and happy as seeing these things happen. There is no time enough to tell you what God has been doing there's no doubt that God is still at work. We've been seeing the power of the Holy Spirit. What gospel is doing in various places. Setting the captives free, giving the freedom to those that are bound by darkness. It is our policy in our mission to take the gospel to the unreached people because we realize this is the goal that is set up in the word of God for us. In fact, the goal of evangelism is not set up by any church leaders or any mission leader. It's by God himself because it is clear in the word of God how God is interested in all nations. In Psalms 22, 27 says, All nations 
will worship you. And in Matthew 24, verse 14, it says, This gospel of the kingdom should be preached in the whole world. Then the end will come. How about Revelation 5, 9, where we find the elders singing, worshiping, before the throne of the Lamb, saying, You are worthy to receive glory, honor, because by your blood you purchased us from every kindred, every tongue, every people. We can understand that clearly in Africa, especially Nigeria, where we have about 400 different languages spoken. And if this is what God wants, if this is the aim of the gospel that no matter what happens, one day in heaven, there will be representative from every language spoken. Then we say to ourselves, we got the job to do. We thank God for the missionaries that came from Europe, from America, from Canada, and shared the gospel with us. But the time has come that the church in Africa, especially in Nigeria, realized that we are part of the body of Christ. Therefore, the Great Commission is for us also. That we have to share the gospel with our fellow countrymen. That is why God gave vision of mission to Equa, the Evangelical Churches of West Africa. Right now we have about eight tribes that are responding to the gospel in a wonderful way. And you can see clear, you sense that this is the work of the Holy Spirit himself. I've been telling our churches that I found the Holy Spirit is ahead of us many times. It seems we are going too slow behind him. In fact, the harvest is being done by himself. The missionary we are recruiting, sending them, they are just going to collect the crops. For never before we've been seen, people are hungry for the word of God. In Amos, it says, the time will come, says the Lord, that I will send farming, not of bread or water, but hearing the word of God. And it says they will walk from the east to west, seeking for the word of God, but the pity thing is they will not find it. This is exactly the picture of so many places and many tribes that is happening. They are hungry for the word of God. We've seen people, non-Christians themselves, send it to us. We want to become Christians, but we don't know what to do. Please send someone to help us, to teach us the word of God. They don't even mind whether the man has been to Bible school or is graduate or whatever, he has a degree or theology. Just send someone to tell us what God has said. Very difficult to dare close our eyes for this kind of Macedonia call to us. It's in the work of the Holy Spirit. So we need your prayer more than before that God will raise up more workers to be sent. There is a tribe that is called Maguzawa. 
situated in the far north of Nigeria. They live among the Muslims. And this tribe are Hausa people, the indigenous of the northern Nigerians. When Islam came about four centuries ago, they rejected it so strongly that they didn't want to give up their ancestors' worship way. And therefore, the Hausa people that were turned into Muslims, uh, Islam, by uh, Fulani's people called the Maguzawa, which means the runner from the Islam. But they also rejected Christianity for so many years. However, the missionaries that were there, you know, uh, the white missionaries that were there, a few of them that were given permission to open mission station was the time of sowing the seeds. Now we see the harvest coming because the Holy Spirit is moving among them in a wonderful way. They are coming to the Lord with personal conviction but in hundreds that we ourselves were not able to meet the demand of their hunger for the gospel. We have to do all that we could to recruit all those God is calling them to go. During the past five years, more than 200 new churches have been planted. And we have to open a new Bible school. On addition to 10 Bible schools, vernacular Bible school, which Equa has, but that Bible school is full up now. Because they are very zealous, they are very keen. They want to study the Word of God and become missionaries sharing the gospel. Another tribe that is called Gwandara, which means we prefer dancing than Islam too. They also was forced to migrate to the southern part. Didn't give up their traditional worship. But they are situated now, even close, just door to door by some of our existing churches. But because of the uh, uh, cultural barriers, they haven't embraced Christianity for many years. In about three years ago, we see the outworking of the Holy Spirit. Now we have eight couples reaching the Wandera people. And the Koma people who live on the mountains also. We see the hands of the Holy Spirit opening doors among this tribe. They are situated along the boundary of Nigeria and Cameroon. Half of them are in Cameroon because the the boundary has divided them into two. Then the remaining half are in Nigeria. When I was told about them, I couldn't believe my ears. But I was told you have to go there on the mountain sea by yourself. When I went there, couldn't believe my eyes even. There were people living in a real traditional way. And they seemed cut off from the rest of the world. They didn't know the daily commodities, you know, things like salt, they are using something like the drip of, you know, potash. It's something, you know, drip of ashes instead of salt. They don't know matches, how much more about lamb and other things. They have no clothes. They're wearing skin still. The women go wearing leaves and things like that. Why? Because the light has not get to them. The second time we were there, one of the village heads said this, as we were saying goodbye, he said, this is the second time seeing people like you coming up to these mountains. We are fed up. 
we, we feel like we would like to be free. But no way. But as we have been listening to your message, second time now, now we can see there is hope. But the problem is, you came the first time and you went back. Now you are saying goodbye to us. No one of you would like to stay here to help us. It became like an arrow in our hearts. So we came back, sent the messages to our churches, asked prayers for that. God so kind, we were able to recruit four couples who would be able to communicate in the second language to them because we were not prepared, we were not ready to get uh, uh, appropriate uh, missionaries who would be able to communicate. But somehow God provided four only. Send them there. Very hard for their wives to go onto the mountain to live there, you know, go naked, impossible. And they can't stand for anybody that come with clean clothes. The runaway is completely upside down. You can see what it means with being dominated or captive by darkness. One of the very touchy things is they, they, they have been dominated by all kinds of fears and superstitions. And one of the superstitions is they believe their daughters will not give birth after they married unless they have removed the upper two teeth, this one, from them. So, from age 6 to 13, sometimes individually, sometimes collectively, they tie their hands, their, their feet, and then they begin to pull and push without any medical facilities. Well, imagine the pain and so on. Many of them died that way because sometimes the blood will keep running, nothing to stop it. Sometimes the germs will get in and the whole head will swallow. Many have been dying that way. Seeing this, I realized, I came to understand what Christ said that Satan is a murderer. Even right now in the world, for his subject, he's a murderer. He forces them to kill their own children. And the only answer to this kind of people is the gospel. What a privilege that the secret of their freedom is in your hands and my hands. That the only thing now is to share it. Praise the Lord, now we have five new churches planted. And there are more being planted. There's a great change. You can see it not only spiritually, but even physically. You can mark the villages where Christians are located. Because there's great change. How could we be silent? for not giving praise and thanks to God for what he's doing. It's another tribe that are called Boko people. We just started. It's a new mission field. We opened just about three years ago. When I was told about them, I didn't believe it. I went there and found it's true. The Boko people are situated between Nigeria and Benin Republic. Too. They also are divided. In Nigerian size, they are estimated 36,000. And when we went there, we did the survey, there's no any single residential missionary among them. <clears throat> you know when we first sent missionary couple? As our driver was driving that couple, 
300 kilometers from the main road, right in the bush, they stop just to rest before they continue. And people came and asked, who are you? Where did you come from? And the driver told them, well, we come from Jaws. What have you come to do in our land? I'm bringing the preacher, missionaries, who will share with you about the message of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the next question was, where is Jesus? Is it in Jaws? Well, what does that sound to you? There are people, 1985, uh, asking whether Jesus is in Jaws now. Because they haven't heard his name. And many examples I can give you for people like that. No wonder Jesus still tarries. No wonder. I believe if the gospel would have been taken in all corners of the world, no reason he would have come back. Because he's really anxious of receiving us into glory. He said that in his prayer. That those whom you have given, I want them to come. I want them to be with me. I want them to share the glory. But we've got a job to do. I can keep telling you, you know, story upon story, that you will realize that God is at work. Conclusion, because the time is against us, I would like us to just open our Bibles together to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9. Verse 35. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. This is what the word of God says to us. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted. And was scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest really is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. We are praying. Heavenly Father, with this passage, we pray that you will help us to See as you saw the multitudes. Touch our hearts that we shall get the same burden as you have. Speak to us. Fill our empty hearts with your own message. Help us to hear your voice and to respond to it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I like this passage very much. No matter how familiar we are, we, we, we are with this passage. But any time I read this passage, I find it up to date. In fact, I've been telling our churches in Nigeria that if Jesus will appear physically right now to visit our churches, I wonder whether he's going to change his message from this message.
message that is, has been recorded for us. I believe he will still repeat the same message. That the harvest is still plenteous. But the problem is still the same. Laborers are few. The workers are few. Where are the workers? Meditating on this passage, we can realize how Christ demonstrated the burden for the lost. How Christ demonstrated the burden for the lost. When he saw the crowd, he was moved with compassion. Because they were like sheep without shepherd. This is the upside down pictures of the world viewpoint. Many governments in this world are suffering what they should do with the problem of unemployment. It seems the world is training personnel more than the jobs that they could offer. But when we come to the matter of the kingdom of God, we find the picture is reversed. It's completely upside down because the problem in the kingdom of God is not that there is no sufficient or enough jobs. The problem is the job is still greater than the workers. In spite of millions of Christians, the voice of Macedonia is still on. It's surprising to notice how Jesus walked on foot. That at that time, traveling was not so easy as it is now. He suffered walking on foot. But the testimony here, recorded by one of the witnesses, the apostle of Matthew, is Jesus completed his assignment, his job, in three years' time. Because it says he went about all the cities and villages. When we use this word, all, it means none of them was left. But how many today are still haven't heard the name of Christ? In spite of the long time that Jesus gave the Great Commission, 1,988 years today, that many are still haven't got the opportunity to hear the name of Christ. What a shame to us. How we've been enjoying our salvation, singing wonderful songs, heaven, praying for Christ to return, forgetting many are dying without saved. These are the multitudes that Christ saw, and knowing the secret of their destination, he was moved with compassion. And to demonstrate his compassion, he had to walk on foot. 
We don't know how many towns or villages it isn't uh, mentioned here. The figures. But couple of hundreds perhaps, more than a couple hundreds, he was able to visit all of them. Some of them even. He visited them not only one time or twice, but more than that. Demonstrating his compassion, we found him crying out to the disciples. The harvest is great. No workers. And he invited them to join him. What a grace. What a grace. That a human being like me, a saved sinner by his grace, that I'm even uplifted with this glorious ministry that I should become the channels of blessings that others will hear the good news. Peter said the angels are anxious to do it. But they are not the ones that God has sent. He's sending you and me that we should go and preach the gospel to all mankind. What a privilege that God is inviting us. You know, it's a sign of confidence in us that I found God has more confidence in us than we do in him. Because he didn't trust the angels to do it, but you and I. But we've been so disobedient, we've been so lazy, we've been so carelessness to take up and do this job faithfully. Because of his compassion, we found that he even gave his life. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He faced the cross and died on cross on our behalf. Well, if he can sacrifice up to the point of his life, is there any sacrifice that is too great for me to do? Because of his compassion, we found him giving up even his meals. In John chapter 4, we have the story of the Samaritans. How Jesus came and talked to that Samaritan woman and as he was talking to her the disciples were already sent to the city to bring the food to buy the food and they went there they were in the city and came back without opening their mouths to even tell a single person in the city about Christ the Messiah is here until the new convert woman, just about perhaps two hours convert, she hasn't become Christian for a long time. Not as long as many of us here have been. Some of us here have been Christian perhaps a year or two or ten and even thirty years. You see, it doesn't matter how long you have become Christian, but how much time you are given 
for the glory of God. How much are you willing to make yourself available for Christ to use you as a channel of blessing? The disciples came back. They asked him to eat. Master, eat. He said, I have another food. You see, his burden made him to give up even his meals. In other passages, we find him asking the disciple even to share what they have, no matter how little it was, with the hungers. He said, I have another food, another meal. Then he asked them, lift up your eyes. You should not only concern for your physical needs, for your body desires, but look at, think of the lives that are going to hell. And the harvest is overdue. Praise the Lord that this new convert woman immediately understood how urgent the message is. Jesus was passing. If he would not come back, the Samaritans will not hear about him anymore. The, the amazing thing is she forgot also about her physical thirst. That the scripture, the Bible says, she left her water pot. Can I witness something so dear to me, dear to my physical need, that has become in vain, that I couldn't compare it anymore? With this great commission of our Lord that I got to share the gospel. She left and look at her going back, shouting, calling, come, the Messiah is here. The Messiah is here. If we keep reading, we see many hundreds of the Samaritans came to the Lord. And the last testimony was, we thank you. Because not only for what you said, but we have now come and found he is the savior of the world. If there was any place that Jesus was welcomed in the whole land of Palestine, it was in Samaria. Why? Just for one new converse woman. How many would have been brought if there would be two like her? Three like her, five like her. Thank you for what you are doing, the missionary you are sending, the prayer you are doing, the support you are giving. But we need to do more than now because the demand is still very, very great. In conclusion, let us remember that Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall we send? Who will go for us? He didn't waste time, but he said, here am I, send me. The voice was verbally. But you know, today, you and I have the voice documented. So what is more strong? I mean, what is stronger? What is more realistic? When you only receive a verbal voice or a documented voice, written, written voice. 
preach in the Bible, Christ was saying, go, go. Matthew 28, yeah, 29. Mark 15, 16, verse 15. Acts, you should be my witnesses. As we leave this place, let us remember the call of Nehemiah. Go your way. Eat, drink sweet. But remember, the problem is we always forget. And once we forget, they will die in their sins. If there is any sin that we Christians are committing is the sin of forgetfulness. Say to remember to send the portion to whom nothing is prepared. What a privilege. That the secret is in your hands, is in my hand. Their destination from now on depends how we would like to make ourselves available in the Lord's hands to use us as instruments. David said, my cup is overflows. It's true. Because Christ promised the eternal life, he said, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. To us in Africa, when things is abundant, you cannot hide it, you cannot be selfish with it, you cannot keep it for yourself, but it has to be shared. And furthermore, he said, for those who are thirst, come to him, drink from him. Within them, there will be rivers of living waters. Thank God that he didn't say wells of living waters to be in one place that others suffer to come, but rivers that runs to the end of the land means evangelism. May the Lord help us that we should be obedient to his voice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is true that sometimes our hearts and our cup of salvation are not full up. We pray this morning that you will fill our hearts with this abundance life that we will not able to keep it for ourselves alone but somehow whether by obeying your voice to go as missionaries, whether by praying for those who have gone, whether by giving our positions to support those that you have called. In that way, we will fulfill your promise of the abundant internal life. Forgive us, Lord, we confess our reluctancy, heartlessness, and not concern for the destination of our brothers and sisters that are dying without safety. Give us burden of yours that this burden will not leave us to rest.
to settle. But being inactive for sharing the good news until when you return back. Receive our prayers when we ask you all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.